0: listening to the teaching of Doxa Church. Doxa is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and our mission is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Like a total of classes, a couple classes, is elected from the public has- To present Seth, he, you know, we didn't really each other. When he graduated from high school, we didn't really stand on contact. But he went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, and he became a pastor. And for 12 years, he was an associate pastor at a church called Open Door Bible Church in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, I just found out a couple, a few weeks ago, that Seth, unexpectedly, That was the type of guy who had all of these characteristics you were going to see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you want to take your Bible, today we're going to be in First Thessalonians. And whether you want to admit it or not, you were all, every single one of us in America is looking for someone to follow. follow good, talented people who look after them and love them. And for Thessalonians 2, we're going to see exactly the type of person who you should be following. Now, when I say that, that may be really interesting of you, like, yes, even this, I want to know follow. I'm craving to follow some good people in my life. Some of build people up and develop people. But today's passage is not just on the profile of the type of person who you need to follow. It is that. But it's also about becoming the type of person who other people would want to follow. So this week we're very much in part two of our previous message. One of the things I said last week in the introduction to this series you are going to hear again in the town. And if you were with us last week, you will recall that if we began this Awake with Hope series, talking about how how uh, Paul was writing this letter, I told you this is the quintessential, I can't keep you off my mind Paul loves this church. He wants to see them again. his church was filled with a bunch of incredible people. They're, they had good works a product of their faith were Motivated to a labor of love, he made a bounded, steadfast hope to Jesus Christ. These are great people. We writing them to encourage them and to let them know how near and dear they are to his heart. And so, last week, we talked about how you can be that type of person. The Thessalonians became imitators of Paul, because Paul was a imitator of Jesus Christ. And because of that, of all the churches in the Testament, the church at Thessalonica is one of the best churches. To follow to Now, today, the angle is going to be tilted away from the Thessalonians towards Paul. I'm to tell you, just like the focus last week wasn't exactly on the Thessalonians, looked we at the characteristics of the Thessalonians, but we looked right through them over their shoulder to who was behind them, right? That was the focus. And today, as we put our two or three days here's your call and look at a leader. It's not just gonna be the focus of Paul. The then is gonna be who is behind call. Where is this coming from? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I will leave that down at high and you'll be very clear. I'll be very clear about that with you by giving this message today. But here's the setting of chapter two, okay? Let me get there in a minute. I wanna lay this out because it may start Be made if you don't. If you don't. I'm going to prepare you for this. Paul is defending. So vigorously. But honestly, it's not very hard to do, to do that. That's why. If you recall last week, in the beginning of this church, that's why there was a lot of noise in the background. Pretty intense conflict, actually. And you know about that in Act 17. Those same jealous people who hated these, these Christians and had something going on that they didn't have were jealous. And they clearly attempted not only to stop the disloyalty, worshiped for Jesus, but they had now attempted to infiltrate and discredit Paul. You can't read what we're about to read, but I acknowledge it. there was definitely a smear campaign to the point that Paul had to defend himself. But what you mean your question probably the same as mine. Why is Paul going through this construction letter directly into this passionate defense setting the record straight? And the answer to that is twofold. And I want to teach you on this now before we get into the text. First, in God's sovereignty, this is led Paul sharing his true heart. he opens up about his labor of love and his motivations, he's digging his characteristics. So now we have reserved for us in God's Word an amazing profile of what a minister of the gospel should be. A leader that you should follow. It's right there. The second reason that Paul is still happening about defending himself is coming driven from him. And it's going to come out again at the end of this message. So instead of telling me right now, I will fall without thee. I'm going to let you listen and read the text and at the end of the day that you still don't get it. I saw that in 2000 and 2001 with, with my, the Catholics of Two Second Beasts. But not only is it going to give you what you should be looking for, For you, yourselves and brothers, that are coming to you. despite to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So there are seven characteristics the first one prison. Paul and Silas were beaten. They were part of to the town square of Philippi. They were stripped of their clothes and embarrassed They were beaten multiple times with rags and then go to jail. So think about this. That had just happened to the Philippi. Now, that worked in a reckless way. The Philippian jailer converted, repented, believed in Jesus Christ and He was baptized. All the, all the pastors in the jail didn't just run away. Like, they did something really different with Because most guys have been seen that night, even though they've just been beaten. How their testimony show those other prisoners who are these people and what do they have that we don't have, right? It was a basic story. But coming off the heels of that, if you've just been thrown in jail and persecuted and beaten, is anybody thinking they might want to take it a little bit like half speed in the next city you go to? Maybe it's not quite as bold as the 10. And out my body to take them. Well, what does What, what, what happened before, when the city, to Paul in the Thessalonica in the city? Well, he didn't back down. He went right to the synagogue, preached again. A crowd of mob, drove him out of the city. Paul came with. Thank you. The and there's far too many people today who have backed down on the truth. And they've caved to the pressure of the world. They've adapted some of the same talking points as the world. So I can make you an example after example of this. I don't know, I don't want to spend a bunch of time And answering philosophy, infiltrate their teaching and their standing at the pulpit, preaching the word of God. Many a i look up into the past and have fallen and looked sinker to the agenda of the principality to the powers of this age. Left and right, you see If, if you're away, you can see it happening all over the place. And I, I know this is a conversation for another day, but there are a lot of leaders today who are not. For truth, they've integrated falsehoods, in they've put their nice sexuality have truth, mixed with air, and it's confusing to people, it's leading people down the wrong path. Because these people still believe the gospel, but they let a false narrative get in and get that side ch- channel, and the focus is off. But the truth is mixed with air, the enemy is through So, whether you has yawned a path that is oppressive. Many of our leaders have been callous and have either stood by as wicked, power-hungry people flex their grip of control, or some have even fallen for the side of themselves and just go along with the flow, as people suffer because of it. People threaten have take away, people have been the course in, in many cases, forcing against their will to do things to the kind that they don't even need or want to do. I'm just talking about the Gospel right now. I'm simply pointing out that we currently live in a world where there aren't enough bold leaders. who are willing to take a stand for the truth. They fall in line with no And if they make seemingly small concessions without ever thinking about where those concessions will be, they lead people into a place of suffering. So that's all I'm going to say on that. But you can't believe people in Jesus Christ if they're not going to be bold and take a stand for the truth. Paul took a stand for the gospel. He did not back down. How do you know if someone is going to believe it with boldness even after they've been kicked in the mouth, punched in the gut, and spat on, and the shot? How do you know if they're going to do that? Well, are they taking the stand for truth right how we the real things that don't seem like as urgent? About the men from, from the, the church history, like John Wesley and George Lutheran, who preached during the Great Awakening in the 1700s over Those men preached to crowds who hated the message of the Well, the then George was preaching, and somebody threw a brick, and he ducked out of the way, and the person behind him, and he had like a gripped and died, okay? Like, if still got up the next day and preached the gospel, you have to be bold yeah. And if they may not look exactly like that today, but people are still doing, cancels for speaking the truth. Speech is always something we're fighting for, because once you lose freedom of speech and bodily economy, it's only a matter of time before they cope for your faith. To be a leader, there's a degree of passion and intensity that you have to have, and it comes from sincerity about the truth you've already received. Which, not coincidentally, is our next character trait that Paul tells us that you have to have. Number two. Speak with Verses 3 and 4. So here's the motivation of all the at For our appeal is not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. This word for impurity or impurity just if you think about the leaders who get positions of power and use that power for sexual impurity if you're thinking that like that's literally what Paul's talking about here Paul speaks in verse 4 as someone who is approved by God chosen by God there's no there's no deceit there's no flattery going on here he's been gifted and trusted by God with the gospel the good news When you're not in for yourself to get people on your side, it's not about pleasing people, it's about pleasing God. It's super important. And I love how he says right here God tests the heart. He's had nothing to hide. God knows my heart. God is the one who sees exactly what I'm doing and what I'm doing. snows to your heart. And this old Abe would have said, you can fool some of the people some of the times, you can't fool all the people all of the time. Remember that? Here's another one. You can never fool about. You can never fool about ever. And for one minute, man looks at the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. Paul is preaching one thing, and living a different life behind closed doors. He's sincere. We get all for paying attention to of us. We can always notice if someone is sincere though. Even kids, you know, or more you know, than right? you know, do you, know, you can tell if that person cares to me, if that person actually believes what they're saying. You can see you right I remember when I was in school studying, I uh, was studying for the ministry I in this class, right? I speech, and the question, I still want the answer to. his question was, how can I preach with sincerity? You the thing think about it if it's a good question, okay? How can I preach with sincerity? You want to be sincere. You know what the teacher told me? You? you need to. That's how you preach with sincerity. Just believe the gospel, believe what God has done in your life, and share that with So Paul had, that's what this church has, we know the truth, we've received the truth, we love you and we want you to know the truth. We believe it and that's why we're we're to against it For the best of our ability, all of us can do that. When you come after us with one time, it's better for you. The good news of Jesus Christ coming to this earth to restore your broken relationship with your creator God. (laughs) He followed the two points, take this one You get something out of them. You get it for you. So you can tell me the money. That's why. Just like gossip is saying something behind someone's back that you would never say to their face. Flattery is saying something to someone's face that you would never say to of the gospel is worthy of double honor. He made a very clear them. A minister of the gospel deserves to get paid. That's a pay, the good thing. But Paul was an itinerant missionary church planner, and he was going into these, these different Greek cities month after month, and he wanted to be different from all the other traveling evangelists of the time, because there was a lot of weird ones Paul didn't want anyone to confuse his message of the gospel with another random religion that's in it for them, okay? So when Paul went to the churches, he didn't ask for anything. He didn't ask anyone to pass the back. He simply went there, and he did tents, and he provided for himself, and he sacrificed, and he served. that the church of Macedonia was one of the most giving churches. The churches of Macedonia were some of the most giving churches in all of the Testament. They actually were the ones who funded a lot of false missionary churches. You know, one of the leading churches of the Church of Macedonia was? was the Thessalonians, okay? So the Thessalonians, and we Corinthians, about this this gift that's been given, that's coming from this church. So they do start giving, they do start providing and serving Paul. But that wasn't Paul's first thing that he did when he went there. He only went there confused with his message. So he didn't lead with him. That came later. And we're in the covenant. So we need to be given. Of course we do. And it's not just a 10% thing, but the tithe isn't isn't in the Testament. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But for some people, 10% is impossible. that they wouldn't be paying their bills, they wouldn't be putting food at the table if they have to do 10% right now. Some like Maybe of So the principle for you to obey God is to give something. To be sacrificial, right? There are other people in this room who oh, obviously 10% is just the baseline. of where you should start. And the goal should be to give more every. Doing that and how their life is so rich and because they bless so many people, they bless the local church, that is an amazing thing. So, again, don't feel guilty or shame about this if you're not getting 10%. God's heart that's the most important thing. But it's not just the checklist, okay, you know, you know, I did it, I got that done. It's work has gotten done for me, and now I want to Leaders are givers, not takers. Jesus chose this. Serve that leadership. He watched the disciples sleep. He's the one who turned it upside down. I believe it's a radical concept that leaders, the people who have the most power, who have the most gifts and talents, they're the ones who are getting laid down and their hands engage, and serve other people. That's certain leadership. It's from Jesus Christ. And it's exactly what Paul had. There's a foreign concept in the world he entered. It's still a foreign concept It's many But bring it with boldness, speak with sincerity, you may give or not a taker, and this next one balances is truth and the fight that they fight for truth. The balance is out the grid. It's not all masculine, testosterone, fuel, aggressiveness. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, We were gentle. A nursing mother taking care of her own children. The next point here is that he was a leader who was gentle and affectionate. Well, what a better illustration of gentle affection than a nursing mother? We became nursing mothers in our life group right now. Julie has since gone through this. in the joyfully sacrifices and grows closer to her child. And of course, you don't have to nurse to do that, not all moms can do that. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either. There's a lot of things that come into play. But a mother who, who is affectionate and comes with her child and, I mean, mothers have something that, let's be honest, men just quite don't have the same thing. Okay, that gentle affection that Julie has that like, I don't quite have. Julie can have dogs just, like, lay under her for three hours, and she loves it. She stilts it in, it's an amazing thing for her job. came to our school, and they were really nice, and they were really doing all these great things, and they were really loving. And it was kind of confusing to like, who are those narratives? And the school over love us. Like, that's nice, I guess, but right why? Like, why are they spending all this kind of money? Like, these missionaries came to China, and they were great with the people. They loved the people so well that they never told the people why they were there. We're never quite bold enough to give the gospel. However, God said works right. And one of them she did to speak this Bible to her language. She started reading it. She was in the book of John. she found out, this is what these people think. They, they came to tell me about Jesus. They came because of Jesus. They said it's for me, Jesus. And she got in contact with one of those missionaries and said, like, why didn't you tell me about the one who wrote you? Why didn't you just tell me his name? I mean, it's nice. That's the, same. That's the, the amazing work for those machines, That's what that always is, right? He takes our limitations. He takes how he And he still does amazing things to it. But the point here is don't be afraid. Don't be so gentle that you don't just speak the truth. Gentle and sincere with someone, and you leave that question eventually after you get to know them. Who's going to say them? No. Who's going to say them? No. Number five, verse ten, radiate with holiness. Holiness is a great word, it's a good, it's an understood word. A lot of times people think of holiness, it's like all oh, that stuff. holier than thou, who makes you choose a person, who's ready to be. Thank <laughs> you. We are going to see the example of a mother. And to keep the harmony, the balance going, our next characteristic, we're going to get another example, and this one's going to be of a father. Verse point six and verse 11. The, the loving, challenging, gracious, pushing in the right direction, it really fired Kimberly. And of course, women can do this thing, of course. But there's just something about being a cat who loves his kids. And I know you are doing the best you can. someone else has made decisions that you can't control. And I have mean, not here to be you or shame you at all. Not all these things are up to you, and all you can do is the best you can and you've been dealt. And you can be an attorney, church that helps a lot of these ways, because it's kind of easy being alone to do this with kids. But I don't want to be weak on this. We all need to hear the truth. This is something that is being attacked in our prison. You're not going so a challenging charge in building up the love and passion of the age of other race. My mother and his wife have the exact same way. I know that's just controversial. Not everyone likes to do that. But it's the natural order of the way that I've created at a moment today. Different, right? We, we aren't. just need to wrestle. Like, They're full of energy. They're functional. Like, they just have this aggressiveness as a little boy. That's how I feel it's different. I mean, I could put it in charge of I think this week they got the wrestling moves She loves I mean, she's very, very, but she's also for me she all perfect all that stuff. So when I'm wrestling with Monroe, I'm extra, extra careful, I'm getting just enough, just enough. Like, she's a for She's four years old. Beckham, I have to, like, literally, like, sometimes, to, to give them a the challenge, to break a sweat, And when you challenge your kids or your students or anyone who is following you, there's a very, very crucial component Fuller understanding of this concept comes into the Greek origin of this word, prius, which translated, which translated means strength under control. So if you're challenging you're stronger, you understand what they need to do or how they need to be or how they need to get there, you're not just going to, like, dump it all on them and force them into it and rough with them. It's strength under control. It's just the same thing as weakness. Word in ancient Greek was was tied to like a war horse. Those warhorses in, in the Greek military were trying to be unique, strong and powerful, yet under control and willing to spread. That's what we're talking about. When you're challenging people underneath you, you need weakness, you need strength under control. So, Dad, when, when you're thinking about your daughter, you're asking questions, you're looking ahead. What's the situation that'll to? You know, just let her do whatever she wants. You teach her, right? Well, where is her going to What's the next stage? Would fathers build up their kids? That's an exhortation. You have to do that through giving them charge. We push our kids beyond their comfort zones. Get off the couch. Turn off the video game. If you love your kid, you're going to challenge your kid to do more. It's not a loving thing It's just like, oh yeah, I'll turn on the TV, oh yeah, I'll do this. Like, that's a non-engaged parent. It's a challenge that they Not challenge your kid in a loving way. They're gonna suffer. Don't There's a whole movement of men out there, and I don't know how much you've noticed this in popular culture right but we have, like, a society that's attacked with so vigorously, so many young men are just looking for leaders to follow and looking for something, and they're they following for the macho man who doesn't know Christ. And some of these guys huge followings on social media because they're challenging young men to step up and be a man because the boys aren't getting from their own fathers. It's can't culture. Still, they're creating it. Sometimes filling a void in all the wrong places because you have this red-filled father that has a curl of the truth. They understand that men should be men and women should be winning, and there are differences, right? But they don't have grace, they don't have humility, they don't have Jesus Christ. They don't have weakness, they don't have any of those things. It's just about being successful, making a bunch of money, and being this In holiness, you're only going to go to a certain extent. you don't, don't have the full So be the kind of leader that challenges people, those people who you love, who look up to you. Don't just make them thick or smart or successful. What do to The only one is going to change their heart and transform their entire life. Jesus Christ will change their life. Soul and, and, and give them eternal life. We are all eternal souls. Your life isn't created by God just for earthly success. You know, have an eternal soul. There are spiritual things that are far more valuable than money and cars and status. What does this passage say? Walk in a manner where who calls you into his own kingdom and him. So there's your first six characteristics of becoming a leader that you would want to follow. And there's one more, but I want to pause from right here and ask you, how are you feeling about this? Six things. So far we've just been working through the text. We've broken down exactly what Paul described about himself. But remember, I told you there was two reasons why Paul was so impassioned about defending himself. To recall the opening where I said in the first season it was because God of sovereignty breathed out this kind of Holy Spirit, this case. It's very important. Lord, and God would have this. I didn't get a second reason of it. I'm determined to get here without having this understanding. And if it ends here, I'm going to do a complete disservice. More or less, I'm you a charge. A slap on the back. Get out there and do better. Right? I want to do that. Be gentle, be loving, be honest, be kind, be bold, be fearless. all feel guilty and shameful when we're not good enough. This is where the second reason Paul's passion and faith comes in the clay. Paul, Pauling down here, Pauling in his words, he defended himself. Why? Why did he care so much? It wasn't to look good. It wasn't to feel better about himself. It wasn't to gain anything from anyone. serious about this, because he cares about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all about the difference of the gospel of Jesus Christ is mandatory, for a list like we've just seen. For to even be remotely real, you have to understand this last point. Number seven, It is it the gospel. Verse two, verse four. Fifteen fifty three, which is the great gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe me. For I delivered to you as the first importance, but I also received that Christ died from our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Jesus came to this earth because we were. And if you far from it, living your own life, doing your way, seeking your own pleasure, seeking your own fulfillment, whatever you learned in your background and your that and you thought would be great. And all who are apart from God are not only in that residence. you are in to your Creator. But God shows His love towards us, and while we're still sinners, So God, that chose the way. And because of that, death has been passed upon all We inherit the same nature when we are born. We do see the gospel Christ. It's, the it's, it's this world of great, this is amazing, God created this, this world created Jesus, a better Thank <laughs> you. struggles with teaching is that when you are sitting There's a team come up right now. When you really look at the New Testament, there's a couple times, I mean, it's, it's, it's more often in the paper, where you're looking at Jesus Christ and He's talking with someone, and He specifically goes to places to teach people that they have food. Think about the woman, well, about this conversation, and then, and then Jesus, she <laughs> ever Jesus made sure that Right there. Already the your past failures hold you down because Jesus gives you freedom. You don't have freedom. Right? So you don't understand. You have freedom. Paul made it all of the gospel. And that's why he's writing to flesh. The gospel is why Paul sacrificed. It's why he was bold. It was why he was. No <laughs> Questions about the topic of this sermon, or if you would like someone to follow up with you about applying this to your life, please reach out to us at info at doxaupstate.church. You are loved.